Welcome to Condensed Matter, condensing recent work in metaphysics and the philosophy of science down to what matters. I'm your host, Sam Kimpton Knight. The focus of this episode is Jonathan Schaffer's The Ground Between the Gaps, published in Philosopher's Imprint in 2017. Science has done a remarkable job of explaining the world. The trajectory of the sun and moon across the sky is explained in terms of the relative motion of celestial bodies. The boiling point of water is explained in terms of intermolecular hydrogen bonding. The devastating power of the atomic bomb is explained in terms of the energy mass equivalence. But philosophers worry that the phenomenon of consciousness stubbornly resists this sort of scientific explanation. Neuroscience has come a long way in understanding the workings of the brain, and neuroscientists even have a very good idea of which brain states correlate with which conscious states. The concern, though, is that no amount of understanding of the workings of the brain could really explain consciousness, because a residual question always remains. Namely, why is brain activity accompanied by conscious experience at all? To comprehensively catalogue which brain states correlate with which conscious experiences would not be to satisfy the explanatory demand, because we can still ask why these brain states are correlated with these conscious states, as opposed to some others, or none at all. In general terms, the brain seems to be a system made up of various interacting parts. The brain is incredibly complicated, but it is arguably no different in kind to other complicated systems made up of interacting parts, such as a desktop computer or an ecosystem. But we don't think that computers or ecosystems are conscious. It seems then that we could at least imagine the brain and its operations proceeding in the complete absence of any conscious experience. Since it's not obvious to us that the workings of the brain must be accompanied by conscious experience, there exists what has been called an explanatory gap between the brain and conscious experience. Describing the workings of the brain does not, it seems, suffice to explain phenomenal consciousness. In this paper, Jonathan Schaffer is concerned with arguing that the supposed explanatory gap between the brain and consciousness is not special. According to Schaffer, there are explanatory gaps all over the place. What's more, these gaps, including the one involving consciousness, can be bridged with grounding principles, that is, metaphysical principles that tell us that something is the case in virtue of, or because of, something else. More on this in a moment. In general, Schaffer thinks that there exist explanatory gaps whenever the link between explainer and explained, for example, between brain and consciousness, is opaque, and for a link to be opaque is for it to be the case that it is logically possible or conceivable, or a priori open, I'll use these terms interchangeably, that the thing said to do the explaining, in this case the brain, existed in the absence of the thing that it is supposed to explain, in this case consciousness. Schaffer's point then is that there are explanatory gaps all over the place, because there are myriad cases in which one thing is said to explain another, but in which the link between explainer and explained is opaque. The example that Schaffer uses to illustrate his point is the explanation of the existence of a water molecule, i.e. a molecule of H2O, in terms of the existence of its constituent atoms, i.e. two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom. The explanation of the presence of a molecule of H2O in terms of its constituent atoms will, very roughly speaking, go something like this. Since there exist two hydrogen atoms and an oxygen atom, bonded and spatially arranged in the right way, there exists a molecule of H2O. But according to Schaffer, 
it's certainly conceivable that there existed two hydrogen atoms and an oxygen atom bonded and spatially arranged in the right way, but that no molecule of H2O existed. This is because there is a further substantive question about whether atoms ever compose more complex compounds. Myriological nihilists say that there only exist indivisible, simple objects, and that these never compose further objects. The nihilist thus denies the existence of composite objects such as tables, chairs, and water molecules. According to Schaffer, we cannot rule nihilism out a priori, so we cannot know a priori that the hydrogen atoms and the oxygen atom compose a molecule of water. Hence the link between atoms and molecule is opaque. Schaffer calls this the myriological existence gap. Schaffer goes on to argue that there is a further explanatory gap. He argues that even if the two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom do compose something, it's opaque what they compose. Just as one may be a myriological nihilist, Schaffer articulates a position concerning the inheritance of properties by composite objects from their composing parts that he calls zeroism. According to zeroism, all composed objects have no inherited properties. They are completely epiphenomenal. According to the zeroist, then, two hydrogen atoms and an oxygen atom may compose something, but that thing would have no properties and so would not have the right properties to count as a molecule of water. Perhaps zeroism is an odd view, but the point is just that it's at least coherent and hence cannot be ruled out a priori. The possibility of zeroism thus opens up another explanatory gap between atoms and the water molecule. Since we cannot rule out zeroism a priori, it remains open that the two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom compose something with the wrong nature to count as a molecule of water. This is what Schaffer calls the myriological nature gap. Schaffer goes on to argue that conceptual analysis will not close these explanatory gaps, because even if we fix what it takes to satisfy a concept, it remains an open metaphysical question whether there is anything in the world that does in fact satisfy that concept. Nor would it help if we could just look more closely at the world. No matter how close we look at some hydrogen and oxygen atoms, there will be no visual or other empirical markers as to whether they compose something as opposed to nothing, or whether they compose something with the right nature to count as water. Schaffer thinks that these examples generalise. Whenever we have concrete transitions from the more fundamental to the less fundamental, there will be explanatory gaps because one could always maintain the position that only the fundamental level exists. In order to bridge the gap, we need substantive metaphysical principles. These are the grounding principles according to which the less fundamental entities exist in virtue of the more fundamental entities. The grounding principle required to close the myriological existence gap is, roughly speaking, one that says that whenever two hydrogen atoms and an oxygen atom are bonded appropriately, they constitute a further object, the water molecule. Similarly, the grounding principle required to close the myriological nature gap is, again roughly speaking, one that specifies the rules of property inheritance such that an object composed of two hydrogen atoms and a water atom bonded in the right way inherits properties from its composing atoms in a way that suffices for it to count as a molecule of water. These grounding principles that link explainer and explained and allow us to get derivative entities from the fundamental level are supposed to be analogous to causal links. Stone throwing explains window breaking, and this is because there exists a causal link between the two events. Causal links support explanations of effects in terms of causes. Grounding links support explanations of grounded in terms of ground. Returning to the brain and consciousness, 
Schaffer's point is that the link between brain states and conscious experience may be opaque, but this is not a difference in kind from the opaque connection between atoms and molecules. Just as we need to posit grounding principles to get an explanation of a water molecule in terms of its constituent atoms, we must posit grounding principles between brain states and consciousness. In short, the brain grounds and therefore explains conscious experience. And while we must posit some grounding principles to bridge the gap between brain and consciousness, this is not any different from what goes on in other cases in which we explain derivative concrete entities in terms of more fundamental constituents. Schaffer calls the resulting picture ground physicalism. The chemical, the biological and the psychological are all ultimately grounded in the physical. Importantly, since the links between ground and grounded are said to hold with metaphysical necessity, it follows from Schaffer's ground physicalism that brain states and conscious states are metaphysically necessarily connected. And this, according to Schaffer, is supposed to help retain what is most important about physicalism. Schaffer spends some time at the end of the paper arguing that the view developed really does deserve to be called physicalist. However, I do worry slightly that certain physicalists, namely the identity theorists, will remain unconvinced of the physicalist credentials of Schaffer's picture here. After all, Schaffer must distinguish the physical brain from consciousness in order to say that the former grounds the latter because nothing can ground itself. But the identity theorists will count anything less than identifying the physical and the mental as dualist and hence non-physicalist. I suppose Schaffer's view would count as non-reductive physicalism, but is this really physicalism proper? I'm not sure. Something else I wondered about was whether there may be a more straightforward route to Schaffer's conclusion that there are explanatory gaps all over the place. I'm thinking of the fact that we can always, it seems, ask a further why question. For example, we may explain the hardness of a crystal in terms of the lattice structure of its molecules, a typical scientific explanation, and one not thought to be in any way problematic in the way the explanation of consciousness in terms of brain states may be problematic. But there's nothing to stop us pressing for further explanation. Why does a lattice structure give rise to hardness? Perhaps we could dig deeper still and give an explanation in quantum mechanical terms, but explanation must bottom out somewhere, and there you'll have your explanatory gap. Finally, a key premise in Schaffer's argument is this idea that certain metaphysical theses cannot be ruled out a priori. One key example in the paper is mereological nihilism. But of course, as Schaffer discusses, neither can nihilism be verified or ruled out a posteriori, i.e. empirically. But this left me a little confused about what Schaffer takes the nature of metaphysical inquiry to be if it is neither a priori nor a posteriori. Schaffer does say at one point that his own view is that the truth or falsity of nihilism is not knowable at all, neither a priori nor a posteriori. All we can do is weigh the costs and benefits of nihilism in order to come to some reason to prefer either the acceptance or the rejection of the view. Now this actually seems quite plausible to me, but on the one hand this type of cost-benefit analysis strikes me as a priori after all, and on the other hand it arguably concedes a lot to a sort of anti-realism about metaphysics, since it concedes that metaphysical knowledge is forever out of our reach. But then one may worry that this is in conflict with Schaffer's commitment to heavyweight metaphysical realism. (laughs) 